the word the word weaknesses implies like something that I'm not good at it. And yeah. if I'm not good at it, I don't want to do it. And it's so we actually rephrase it. I, t- I call it focus work, mm. which makes it just the opposite, right? It's the thing that you're focusing on gotcha. the most. So, so turn it around. Turn around. We yeah. can still use the word weaknesses yeah, 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 in this I got discussion. You. No, that's, that's cool. What, but that's turning a negative into a positive. Exactly. So yeah. yeah. And it, it's almost like playing defense versus playing offense. Yeah. And you, by inherently, inherently like, means something, it means something that like yeah. weakness, like, oh my gosh, like yeah. I would work on my weaknesses instead yeah. of like, it's like I, I need my vegetables. Yeah, right. <laughs> have to have to get to yeah, exactly. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is is knowing that you giving your best efforts is enough. Hello, Ben. Hey, Patrick. Greetings. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. All right. Today we're going to talk about um, something that I'm really interested in. Uh, especially interested in hearing what you think of it is, uh, and that is weaknesses. Um, weaknesses both inside the gym uh, and outside the gym as well. And where those two things sort of, uh, where your philosophies on one maybe uh, is shared or you have the opposite opinion on the other. Um, but we'll first, we'll start sort of in the gym, which is where um, we spend a lot of time. Uh, and, uh, one thing that you you always talk about in whether it's business seminar or just to your coaches or while you're coaching is this idea of rooting out problems, right? So if you see, uh, an athlete moving, uh, suboptimally, um, the thing that you always advise is, okay, well break it down to the sort of the, what are the, what are the first principles there? What is, what is the, what is the real problem happening here? And then root that issue. And then you can sort of, from there, you can build up, um, uh, solutions to mm-hmm. that problem. So with that in mind, my first question is if I'm an athlete or an athlete's out there listening and they know they have a, they have a sense that, that they're not performing up to where they think their potential, um, should allow them to perform because of some sort of quote unquote weakness, where would you advise people to start thinking about how to solve those problems? Um, maybe they don't have a coach they trust. Maybe they don't mm-hmm. have a coach at all. Where, like, with that idea of rooting problems, like, how do you advise somebody to start thinking about shoring up their weaknesses inside of the gym? Yeah, it's a uh, great question. So the first piece is um, kudos to that athlete for first identifying the weaknesses. Most people have a hard time even just um, the willingness to expose and then the willingness to dive into. So if somebody hates running, the first thing that most of them do is avoid running, right? right. Somebody hates double-unders, they don't show up on double-under day and they don't... So the first thing is that self-assessment of where am I? What are the things that are holding me back? What are my limitations? What are the things I need to be investing more time and focus and energy into? From there, you're exactly right with your assessment of where I start, which is you have to root the cause. So let's say um, an athlete struggles with running, as we just mentioned. When I say root the cause, what I mean by that is you have to identify, and this is going to be some exercise science terms, but we'll 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 clarify it a little bit. Is it an is it a neurological issue or is it an organic issue? If it's a organic issue, it basically has to do with in terms of the the running, it has to do with your horsepower, it has to do with your engine, it has to do with your um, your cardiovascular stamina, it has to do with your um, your speed has to do with your um, endurance. It has to do with your fitness for like the tough word to use because it means so many different things. But um, that's what most people associate the, the running with in terms of why someone excels at it or why somebody has a, um, a deficiency in it. The other side of that 
is it might be a neurological issue. And neurological issues tend to be more like um, timing or technique or form or um, coordination, um, skill type of things. And when people hear the running, they very, very rarely go towards the second option. Right. It's almost always like, I'm not fast enough. I'm not fit enough. I can't run long enough. I don't have enough endurance. Well, that may be the case, but it may not be. It may be you have crappy running technique. You may be hinging and broken at the hips and your chest may be way too far forward. In that case, all of the weight when you land on the forward foot, you're not gonna be able to spring off the ground and pull your heel underneath you and find a good position. It may be that you're overstriding and putting out a break in front of you with a heel strike on everyone. It may be that you have a tight hip flexor and your leg is swinging out to the side every single... So it could be a whole host of different things. So the, the quick answer is you have to, have to, have to root the cause. If you're just trying to continue to, you know, get better by pounding the pavement, you may get better just by dumb luck and it may be that that's the issue. It may be that you just need a bigger engine. But it may be that your um, the engine is fine. So this is what happens a lot in the world of CrossFit. We have athletes that are phenomenally fit that go to the CrossFit Games and place very well, yet they still are weak runners. That's not that's not a fitness issue. So maybe even more exemplified is the world of swimming. You take a CrossFit athlete who is the, some of the fittest athletes on the world, put them in a pool, and they look like a drowning cat. Right? It's like that's not a fitness issue at that point. It's a technique issue it's a form issue it's a neurological they're not they don't have the right movement patterns mm -hmm. now if they just try to keep getting better in the pool by swimming laps and laps and laps and laps and laps which would be the answer if it's a fitness issue they're gonna be working a lot harder than they need to for minimal minimal gains if they were to root it and figure out ah it's the balance in the pool it's that my feet are dragging behind me now that i've realized that my feet are dragging behind me and they're up near the surface what is the root of that cause? Is it that I'm not, my head's in the wrong position? Is it that my hand is um, going across the pool as I pull my hand underneath me, it's not pointing at the bottom of the pool? Is it that as I go to breathe, I'm getting my entire head out of the water instead of laying one, you root the cause and then you can fix it. It makes for change and improvements way more efficient. Mm -hmm. So. I don't really remember what the question was, but you root the cause. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the answer. No, that's good. Um, would you say that that there's some some percentage majority that it's usually neurological versus, uh, or or is it is it just case by yeah, case? Yeah, it's case by case, yeah. and usually it's movement by movement, right? Yeah. So for most people, if you were to take games athletes and and say like you said like here's the cohort games athletes, here's the movement swimming. I'm going to say. If across the board, people have limitations, I'm going to say it's neurological. Okay. They're fit, yep, right? Now, if you were to take um, a bunch of couch potatoes and say running, I'm going to say it's organic. Yeah. It's that they need to go out and just start pounding the pavement. So you can kind of lump some people into things, but it gets a little bit trickier when you say um, your weakness is the squat snatch and you're a um, avid CrossFit participant. Well, for there, I don't know if it's your flexibility, if it's your balance, if it's your accuracy, if it's your coordination, if it's your strength or yeah. what, you know, yep. timing or technique, it's, you have to root it. So in that case, there is like, let's take that example. You have a athlete and what we have to do is just play out this game, right? So you have an athlete and um, let's say that they're a 200 pound male um, they have a 450 pound back squat. They have a 500 pound deadlift. 
Um, they have a 205 pound strict press, um, but their squat snatch is 145 pounds. Well, I know it's probably not their strength, so we're gonna cross that off the list and then we're gonna go down. Is it their uh, flexibility? Let's find out what their overhead squat is, right? If their overhead squat is uh, you know, 305, it's probably not their flexibility. So then right away there, I can find out well, is it either their power, maybe they're just really slow and they can't get the weight up jumped over their head, so let's find out what their vertical jump is. Mm. If they have a 30-inch vertical jump, mm. I have a pretty good yeah, idea it's a positioning, yeah. right? They're missing the positions of the lift and they're just kind of like muscling the sucker up there. So you can kind of go down that list yeah. of like narrow, elimination. Narrow, narrow. Yeah. yeah. Or if you have get yourself in front of a good coach, they can just look at it and be like, here it is. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, sort of, Sim or, or related to that question, um, I know that you, at this stage of your life, you wouldn't consider yourself a competitive athlete, right? Far there was, from. yeah, there was a point where yeah. you were mm-hmm. less, less, less than so now. So, is it as important? Is it as important to you now to think about weaknesses in the gym and think about how to attack them, or is that something that, by and large, should sort of be reserved for 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 people who want to compete? In the sport of CrossFit, obviously, is what we talk about, but really in any sport mm-hmm. whatsoever. Like if you were playing, if you played softball for fun on Sundays, do you need to really work on your your swing? You know what I mean? Or if you were, you know, a AAA baseball player, obviously they do. So I'm curious, where is there a line, or is there always value in saying, you know what, I don't, I don't I'm not so good at rope climbs. I should really be paying more attention or practicing rope climbs. Yeah, I, I think um, as you get closer and closer to the tip of the spear, right? As you get closer and closer to the elite level of your profession, it becomes more and more important to work on your weaknesses. Now, having said that, you take a professional athlete. Um, let's say you take a, um, um, a professional hockey player, right? And they got in the league because they have phenomenal stick handling, right? But they're not the fastest athlete out there. Well, if you work for a year, two years, three years on working on their speed, you obviously don't have the same amount of time and focus to spend on their on their stick handling. The last thing you want to do is work with that athlete. And this is what sports-specific coaches might have a hard time. And people are so focused on identify the weakness and build it up. What you don't want to do is get to that person to where they are just above average stick handlers and then they become just above average with speed. Mm -hmm. Now you're an average athlete. The thing that got them in the NHL, their elite stick handling is gone. So if you are- Because of the time necessary? Exactly. Now, once you, so like um, similar is like take almost the same thing is take like an NFL lineman and they have phenomenal um, hands, right? Like a pass blocking um, tackle. They have phenomenal hands and they can keep the person in front of them at all times, but they don't have the greatest um, power off the line and drive some off the line. Well, the reason they got to the NFL is because they're phenomenal, world-class, best in the world, hand speed, right? If you like are like, hey, dude, let's stop working on that. Let's just work on your driving. You have them do prowler pushes and sleds and squats and explosive 10-yard sprints and, you know, and they become mediocre at their hand speed. And they, well, they might get up to above average, and they, but they're still below average player and they lose it. You need to keep the tip of the spear when you're there. Whatever got you there, whatever is your elite thing, you have to keep that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, kind of the other side of that is 
as you get towards that tip of the spear, identifying your weaknesses becomes equally as important because if you can bring those up, you mm -hmm. become, now imagine if you have elite hand speed and you become right. a guy that can drive people off the ball, now you're the best in the league. Like that's just, that's just how it works. It, as a regular, I'll call them like GPP, general physical preparedness enthusiast, right? Mm -hmm. Like a regular gym goer. So let me back up a little bit. A person going to the gym to stave off the nursing home, to uh, get leaner, to look better on the beach, to um, push off disease, to be better at hiking mountains on, with their friends on the weekend, you know, fill in the blank. What they should be striving for is GPP, general physical preparedness. That is a well-rounded, all-inclusive, broad, general inclusive fitness. It's almost more, the question was, is it for the regular person like it is for the, it's almost more important for the regular person hmm. because you're only as fit as your weakest link. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying let's find out if you're bad at muscle-ups or handstand walking or double-unders, or I'm not saying like the super modal specific, I'm saying in the bigger, broader scope of it. So if you are a marathon runner, Let's say you can, you've spent the last 15 years of your life trained to become an elite marathoner, but your goal is not to run, to, to win the Boston Marathon. Your goal is, as I mentioned before, health, wellness, fitness, push off the nursing home, dot, dot, dot. You getting from a 229 marathon to a 224 marathon is not gonna improve your fitness, well-rounded overall general fitness, wellness, health at all you could argue it might take away from it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what might improve that is real recognizing that, hmm, if I'm an elite marathoner, what is my broad encompassing, you know, 10 components of fitness, what is probably missing? Probably some levels of strength, some levels of power, some levels of speed, some levels of flexibility, and working on those things matter. I'm not saying work on double unders, work on um, muscle ups, yep. work on rope climbs. What the, I'm saying the, is the sports specific. Yeah, or not sports specific. More, yeah. What I'm saying is it might that might be an avenue to get you better at those things, mm -hmm. right? Like joining a gymnastics training facility might get you better at some body weight strength. Joining a weightlifting club might get you better at that. But I'm not saying get better at the bench press. Right. What I'm saying is identify what your weakest link is, not movement specific. I don't care what comes up in the open or what might show up at regionals, but broad, general, inclusive, like if you are elite at endurance, like probably step back from that a little bit, identify that strength is a is a, a thing that's holding you back from elite wellness. Mm -hmm. And that's a thing we should be diving into. Now, and the flip side too, right? You're a power lifter and you can, you can deadlift 800 pounds, but your goal is not to be a world record holder or anything of the like. Your goal is to live the longest you possibly can. Well, if you continuing to deadlift and deadlift and deadlift, might not be as beneficial for your overall health, which is what the question was. Yeah. I think the thing to do is realize that you improving your cardiovascular endurance would probably have the greatest benefit and carry over to your overall health. Mm -hmm. So you really look at it as sort of a, a holistic thing. It's not like I want to get better at pull-ups because I want to get better at pull-ups. It's because we're not trying to get you better. Pull-ups are, are, are a component of a bigger picture that that I, you're just trying to you're trying to move the whole train in some in yeah. some ways instead of just like. I'm just trying to get the caboose. Forward. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not about picking up that the one yeah, hopper the one, of the train, exactly. that one yeah. railroad car. It's about getting the whole thing to move forward. I love that analogy. It's um, 
it, it's not about getting better at the gym. It's about how does the stuff in the gym have carryover to other stuff. Right. So you really need to have that perspective. So it's not, you really need to have the, the bigger perspective and not just the yeah. trying to make, you know, my hell in time 10 seconds yep. faster. Now what we'll, it's not about that. Now what we could see is when the next level to this discussion would be, you know, the discussion of, well, if you pay attention to your hell in time, how much carryover does that to the other stuff? Yeah. And chance starts pretty darn good right, right? Yeah. if you are if you're missing certain things and you start to get double unders other things are going to come right, in the mix right, right. if you have um bad fill in the blank and your overhead squat goes up a lot of other things are going to come up so um there's that carryover effect yes there is the the said principle specific adaptation to impose demands mm -hmm. um but there is also that uh the carryover effect of if you get good at this other things tend other to things run that black box methodology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's. Um, I kind of want to bridge a little bit from the gym to to sort of regular life, quote unquote mm -hmm. regular life. Uh -huh. um, we talk a lot. Uh, we we've both been in CrossFit for a long time, and one of the things that is talked about a lot is this is the carryover or the crossover benefit of uh, doing CrossFit for a long time and seeing improvements in areas of your life that have nothing to do with CrossFit. It doesn't matter which ones we're talking about, but. Uh, I'm curious if you think that one of the big factors in that sort of that crossover is the fact that we spend so much time thinking about and, and you know, quote unquote, attacking weaknesses. Is that a sort of a philosophical uh, carryover or is that one of the philosophical carryovers that you feel like is is one of the bigger benefits of doing CrossFit? Yeah, just as a side note, um, the, word, the word weaknesses implies like something that I'm not good at it. And yeah. if I'm not good at it, I don't want to do it. And it's so we actually rephrase it. I, I call it focus work, mm. which makes it just the opposite, right? It's the thing that you're focusing on gotcha. the most. So, so turn it around. Turn it around. We yeah. can still use the word weakness yeah, 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 in the discussion. You. No, but that's, that's cool. what, But that's turning a negative into a positive. Exactly. So yeah. yeah. And it, it's almost like playing defense versus playing offense. Yeah. And by inherently, work, inherently like, means something, it means something that like yeah. weakness, like, oh my gosh, like yeah. I would work on my weaknesses instead yeah. of like, it's like I, I'd I eat my vegetables. Yeah, right. <laughs> have to have to get to yeah, exactly. Um, so, does um, this idea of attacking weaknesses have carryover to other aspects of your life? Um, and what I think you mean by that is like, should we, if we attack weaknesses in other areas of our life, yeah. does our life improve? Yeah. Um, or is that one of the things that we learn in the gym that we can also apply to outside life? Yeah, Maybe I believe so. Yeah, I believe uh, so in, in completely. First of all, from the, what we started the conversation off with is that self-assessment, right. hugely important. Um, but think about it in terms of just a couple of different roles in our lives. Let's use it in a professional sense. Let's imagine um, you're CEO or you're the owner of the business or you're um, in, uh, in a, a position of authority in your career and you're... A really good visionary. You have a really good big picture ideas, um, and you're a really good leader and a really good communicator. And that's why people follow you. That's that's why you become the CEO of the company. Well, that's great. That's phenomenal. But imagine that person who has great leadership skills and communication skills and is a visionary and you know really uh, thoughtful and big picture thinking and. Um, but they lack the ability to understand financials, mm -hmm. and they lack the um, the the experience with marketing, and they've never had their foot or a foothold on customer service, yep. and they have no idea how to check out a balance sheet or um, or operations or how to understand um, you know inventory. Like obviously, that's going to hold that CEO back in, uh, tremendously. 
Now, what put him in position, much like the elite athlete, is his visionary capabilities and his leadership and his communication. We don't want to step back from that. Mm -hmm. But continuing to hone on that, you know, the, the, the thing is double down your strengths. I believe on that. I think you want to continue to put yourself in the positions where you are going to be asked and your roles and responsibilities are in line with those things. But you're obviously going to be limited by your understanding of customer service operations, you know, um, the supply chain and all the rest. So you working on honing up your weaknesses there, understanding some financial and how to read mm -hmm. uh, or anything else would certainly help. Or let's take it another, kind of the opposite of that. Imagine like in your relationships. If you, um, there's, let's, you're, in a, you're married and you're, you have a, um, you've been um, with someone for a long time but you still, you know, after you're, you're not seeing eye to eye with that person. Well, if you are really good, there's uh, this, I forget who wrote it, but there's this like the five languages of love. Are you familiar with it? No. So um, I'm gonna, probably gonna forget some of these, but it's things like, um, um, like physical touch. Mm -hmm. There's gifting. There's um, saying nice things. Mm -hmm. There's spending time. Um, uh, I think that's four of them. I'm probably gonna miss one. But <laughs> let's say that you grew up and you um, were a, 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 you saw value in gifting. So if someone gives you a gift, it doesn't matter how the monetary, it's like, what that means is they were thinking about me because they were thinking about me. They went out and created this, made this, bought this, and are giving it to me. That means they care about me. But your spouse is more in line with actually um, um, words of affection. Yep. Unless you say to the person, Wow, you look so nice in that tonight, you know, or um, thank you so much for coming and um, picking me up. You're always on time mm -hmm. or, um, you know, I love you. you know, like words of affirmation. If you're only into the way you do things and your strengths, my strengths are I think about other people and I buy them gifts and yep. you need to branch out. Now, if you got better at the other four, you're obviously going to have a better relationship regardless of which one they are. Now, obviously, in this scenario, the best way is to have an understanding of your spouse, which one are they, and lean hard in that one regardless of which one you are. Mm -hmm. But you might not have the opportunity to find that out with everybody across the board. So if you become better at all five of those, you become better as well. So, gotcha. yes, working on your weaknesses has carry over regardless if it's relationships, professional, um, health, or whatever it might be. You know, in terms of our... Are five factors of health, mm. right? So if you are, um, you go to the gym every day, you eat like, you know, like a CrossFit Games athlete, you are super into, um, you know, meditation, but you're only sleeping four hours a night. Right. Like you got to work on the weakness. The weakness is you have the greatest carryover to your overall health. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, um, Kind of a follow-up to that question. Is there a point in time, uh, sort of to sort of flip it a little bit, is there a point in, in time in, in somebody's life, in the trajectory of their life, where it makes more sense to maybe focus on or think about and attack weaknesses uh, versus playing to their strengths? In other words, what, I was, what I'm thinking about is um, like a high school kid, for example. Mm -hmm. If a high school kid has some natural tendencies 
um, towards athletics, right? Just sort of, we don't have to get down the rabbit hole of talent, but just as a sort of a gifted athlete yep. um, for whatever reason. Uh, but he sucks at public speaking, for example, yep. or math. Doesn't matter what he sucks at. Is there a point in time? Is high school a good time? Is there any any time a good time to say, to, to sort of coach that kid to say, you know what, you really suck at math. I know you're good at football, but like you suck at math. Should you, you should be paying more attention to math or is the, do the principles sort of stay the same where kind of double, not double down maybe, but, but you shouldn't let go of your strengths in lieu of attacking your weaknesses. Does that make sense? Um, Yes. The question makes sense, but hopefully it doesn't make too much sense. Otherwise you would have answered it. (laughs) Yeah. Answered my own question. Yes. um, (laughs) So here's, here's what I don't want to be able to misconstrue in the world of health. What you want to do is figure out what the weakest link is and attack it headlong, right? So in the five factors, it's like we just said, if you're, if you're dialed in pretty much everywhere, but sleep is not up to par, you got to go hard and sleep because mm-hmm. of the biggest carry of your overall health, yep. right? And each one of those components sort of together is the thing that you're actually trying to do. Yeah. So yeah. here's the thing with what I'm, what I don't think people should misconstrue that as find what the weakest link is in your life and try to bring that up. So let's say um, you're the high school kid who's um, not great at public speaking, but you're a stud athlete. If you back off, let's say you take, you know, you take your senior year off of, you know, you're a captain of the football team, your Mm -hmm. junior year, but you step back from that because you heard Ben Bergeron say, work on your weaknesses. You join the drama club. Mm -hmm. If that's the approach, you're just gonna be mediocre in everything, right? Right. That's the idea is you're just constantly bringing up the weakest links. In the world of health, that works. What we want to do, though, is make sure that we're doing this um, specific to the task at hand. Or mm-hmm. is there a better like what we mean by that is, yeah. let's say um, specific to the things that you um, that you want to excel at. Right. So what I want people to do is be world class. Yep. I want them to be phenomenal. You can't be world class in everything. Yep. So what you want to do is take that kid that you were just talking about that kid that excels at athletics, what I want that kid to do is find out inside of the sports that, even the specific sport, mm-hmm. you can talk about like, should they be a three-sport athlete? Should yeah, they be a one-sport yeah. athlete? Like, that's a different discussion. What I'm saying is like, find out what the weakest link is inside of that sport. Mm-hmm. So let's go inside of that sport. And let's say the kid is a soccer player. Okay, and the kid is phenomenally fast, right? He's incredibly quick, but he doesn't have the best ball handling skills. Well, you continuing to work on your speed is good, but there's a lot of diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. You're only gonna get so much faster. I want you to stay elite at that because that's what got you on varsity. That's what's getting you looked at by D1 schools. But at the same time, start working on identifying and working on the weaknesses, whether that's understanding the game or where you are in the position or defense or ball handling or whatever it might be inside of that specific thing let's identify the weaknesses so it's not take the athlete and have them do drama take the Mm -hmm. athlete and have them do chess do the take the athlete and have do student council and public speaking and what we end up there is a bunch of really well-rounded kids that nobody excels at anything and then you have a bunch of kids that can't you're average, you're really well-rounded in that you could argue that positions them really well for anything in the future, but they're not gonna be exceptional mm-hmm. at anything in the short term. Right. You know, right. there's the argument that that broad 
yeah, big, huge base, base of, builds it builds yeah. it for a pyramid later. But yep. if we're saying that you know we're looking for most of these kids, you know, are looking to get into schools, college, it's so ultra competitive. You have to excel at something. Yep. I don't want a kid that did a semester of yearbook and student council and chess club and and fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. To, you know, till the list is thirty things long. I want. I want the, the 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 captain of two sports right. and the kid that got straight A's. Yeah, I think that the the distinction that you made is really interesting. The one of like there are rules for health where you want to be broad in general, and then there's sort of rules for everything else where it actually is more advantageous if you uh, are better at one or business. Two it's better if it, you're better at one thing. Yeah, right. Like Absolutely. double down on your strengths in business. If you are awesome at public speaking. Get a podcast, get a camera in front of you, get in front of groups, right? Like that should be your mojo. That should be your thing. If you're really good at writing, don't be the guy in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Like that makes no sense. Like you're just- Just because you feel like you should be better at it. Double down on your strengths. Like become a niche of a niche of a niche. Become like more and more narrowly focused. That'll expand your audience as opposed to trying to get them everywhere. You're going to get nobody. Yeah. Um. How have you thought about your own sort of weaknesses, shortcomings, things to focus on? Like what what has been the process for you over the years to be able to uh, identify and root and all all the things we've been talking about? Like, is there has it been sort of a piecemeal approach for you or like do you have like is it something that, you know, you and Heather talk about and she's a good sounding board and she's able to see things that you're not like I'm just curious, like how you've thought about it and how you've uh, you've actually put it maybe less so in the gym outside yeah. the gym how you've sort of put the, these ideas into practice so inside the gym in our world is really easy right. right there's like essentially a leaderboard you can t- it's like you get exposed pretty quickly phenomenal awesome that's amazing like if there was only the equivalent of that in real life it'd be so much easier right <laughs> yeah. like here's how you are in relationships here's yeah. how you are in business here's yep. how you are in your faith and here's how you are at you know your friendships and yep. that'd be here's how you are like exp- showing sharing your feelings and here's how you are at introspection and um you know goal setting and we'll everything we'll get there else. eventually it'd be amazing right it'd, it'd be a wearable technology yeah. <laughs> it'll show up on your watch it'd be a scorecard yeah. you need to be empathetic today oh, yeah. okay yeah yeah yes, exactly yeah, it'd be yeah. phenomenal right <laughs> Um, here's the, the, uh, the honest answer is I'm, um, I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Like I just, um, until very recently I didn't, I probably did not take hard, deep looks at myself. Um, and I think it's because I was so scared of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I was, um, the guy that I grew up in a world that, um, you know, in the home life, it was a uh, perfect picture. You know, that's type of thing. I think I've talked about this before where, um, we have a perfect family. It's supposed to look perfect. And because of that, anything else is, uh, not matching up and it's, um, pushed aside. And it's, I want to say it's like, you know, um, it's not like bottle it up yep. little Benny and you never yep. let it show, but it was just like, I, I was a little more of a fixed that. mindset than a growth mindset, yeah. right? You have these certain traits that you're born with these certain, and these certain skill sets. Um, and that's where it is. And it wasn't really, um, probably until I read um, Mindset um, by Carol Dweck, mm-hmm. right? Or is that, yep, I always get those grit. Yep, yeah, yep. Um, yeah Duckworth du- is grit. Yep. yep. Um, that really was like, whoa, like I get it. Like that's kind of, yeah. Um, and then I got a little more exposed to the uh, the, the power of vulnerability. Um, 
there's a there's a book called Daring Greatly, which is mm -hmm. phenomenal. Rene there's um, yep, and then there's another um, all of like Patrick Lencioni stuff of yep. like getting naked. Um, that when I became more aware of the power of marrying Heather, mm -hmm. who's probably the most vulnerable person I've ever met on the planet. She has mm -hmm. a blog called HB Heather Bergeron Unfiltered, which is just like her spilling her guts every day mm -hmm. about everything that's like, you know. Basically, the, the theory behind it is like everyone trying to live a perfect life. Life is not perfect. Here's the messiness. Mm -hmm. Here's the way our family operates. Mm -hmm. And that was like the exact opposite of the way I grew up. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, yeah. holy crap. So um, that kind of like opened the doors for me a little bit. Um, that's kind of like the broad thing that kind of like allowed me to get towards this thing. And then the more specific, actual, tactile, like um, process-driven things that... Um, driving in the car without the radio, mm. um, thinking um, a lot about everything, but you know, from business to programming to my athletes to what I want to accomplish in my life to um, who am I, um, solitude in general, um, whether it's in the shower, going for walks, again, driving in the car without the radio on allows you the opportunity to like, who am I? Um, reading and listening to other introspective people mm -hmm. um is because you hear what they say and you're like oh is that me as well that's been really powerful for me so um listening to like tom billu's impact theory he's so introspective yeah. like, this is who i am as a person yep. um um reading things like uh victor frankel's man's search for meaning um you know this is what he was what he's doing what his purpose is in life and what is mine um and then um with my best friend Derek Muhammad, kind of like going through this, kind of like, what are our values? Who am I? What do I want out of this life? Um, and kind of reviewing those on a weekly, daily slash quarterly process um, is forces you into at least, maybe it's not what am I bad at, but it's what important to me. Mm -hmm. And if this is important to me, should I be working on this because it's not who I am? Or is this a strength of mine? I should be doubling down on it. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, like family is hugely important to me and it always has been, but my actions did not follow what I was saying at all for a very long time. I was very um, work centric and I would say family first and family is so important to me, but I would look at my, my day to day and my week to week and it was not lining up. And um, I just came across this Nick Saban quote. I'm, I'm, I'm researching a lot about Alabama football right now and it was, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are speaking so loudly. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, yeah. I can talk about family first, but if I'm coming home at six o'clock and after I spend 15 minutes saying hi to my family, I pop them on my computer right. and then I'm doing text messages and I'm not involved in the nightly process of putting the kids to bed. Mm -hmm. And once Heather goes to bed, I'm up doing work and programming. That is not, and on weekends I travel for seminars. That's not family first. Right. Like I can talk about all I want. Yeah. So I look at my day to day and you change that up and identify where my weaknesses are. It's okay. And a lot of that's Heather, like, you know, BS factor going mm -hmm. up, you know, like mm -hmm. and calling me out on it. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Um, having difficult conversations, her being, you know, and they hurt real bad when she says yeah. it because I'm a family first guy. Right. She says, you know, you come home and you're on your computer. And of course my defenses go up immediately. <laughs> right. Um, but then looking at it, with some perspective, 
you know, and changing it up and like, okay, now I'll be home. And once I get home, no phone, no computer, you know, that's very different. You know, when I look at my calendar year, it's okay. Weekends are for family. It's like, okay, that's very different. It's okay. If you're gonna go to the CrossFit games and spend 10 days away from the family, the next two weeks, and you have to schedule some other stuff to fill that up and equal it out. It, um, it's an accountability factor Mm -hmm. for sure that, you know, it's, uh, so whether it's spouse, reading, friends, um, or your own personal solitude times, there's some tactile things I've used. Having said that, I would say one of my weaknesses, if that's what the whole thing about, mm-hmm. is that, is that self-assessment. Mm. Um, I like hearing other people assess me because mm. it helps me assess me yeah. because I'm just, uh, I'm not that good at it. Like, right. I'm just not like... Uh, I'd be better off analyzing a business right. than I am than analyzing, analyzing my, myself. Yeah. Even though I and this is my opinion, but uh, you know, embedded in this question. But even though you are, um, I would say, pretty self-aware and a pretty good, you have a pretty good sense of who you are. You even, you even despite that or in spite of that, you still feel like you're not great at sort of self-assessment or those two uh, different things. Maybe yeah, I'm, maybe I, I'm, I, I mean, self. So like when you say you're really self-aware, I would say that. Um, uh, depends on what we're talking about. Mm, I guess like, so. I know what's important to me. I know what I want out of my life for sure. Um, but if you said, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I, I work so hard at being something. It's kind of like that thing, like you ask, you ask, you ask a novice what they know and they're gonna say, I know everything. You mm-hmm. ask an expert <laughs> what they know and they say, I know nothing. But I really feel like I'm not, um, Maybe it's because I hear other people self-assessing. I'm like, wow, that's so cool that they know themselves so well. I wish that I knew myself better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I know myself in terms of what I want out of my life. Right. Maybe that's what it is. But in terms of like, uh, um, like I hear people talk about like the way they uh, they grew up. And I know I've talked about it on the podcast, so it feels like, it sounds like I know, I know but... Um, it's only since starting this podcast. Maybe it's a podcast, <laughs> but really it's like, yeah. it's this, it's me getting out there and talking about this stuff yeah. that makes me like, hey, this is my belief in this. This is my vision. This is like, it's speaking it out loud that um, becomes a self-reinforcing factor that without this, maybe I wouldn't even be mm, as self-aware. Yeah. All right, well, let's leave it there. I think it's a good spot. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Pat. All right.